This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey, listeners, check out a new podcast called Yes, Maybe, No with Andrew Streeter and Yeti Blanc. Every week, we'll take a topic from sports, music, and pop culture and break it down beyond the surface. Whether it's the latest hot take or an ongoing story, Yes, Maybe, No will discuss our insights, opinions, and maybe a hot take or two of our own. Will you find us interesting? Will you find us entertaining? Will more people than our mothers listen to us? Yes, Maybe, No! Listen to Yes, Maybe, No. Subscribe, download, rate, review, or find podcasts are sold. Or, uh, download it. Hello, everybody. Oh, my God. I have, I have just opened the window into full gallery view. And this feels like an intervention. And we're back with a special edition of Lauer After Hours. We're going to deem this one Lauer During Business Hours. We are... Recording on a Friday morning with none other than Mr. Highfalutin himself, Pablo Torrey. Pablo, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, it. Thanks for being here, man. It's my pleasure. Um, I'm looking into all of your homes right now, and I am startled by pretty much every single one of you in your own unique individual <laughs> ways that I hope to spotlight over the course of our time together. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, as you can see, I've got a harpsichord background because I'm actually recording in my truck right now. I faked a doctor's appointment to, uh, <laughs> to get, get out of work and record this. So uh, I hope hey, my bye. boss does not listen to this. Um, well okay. Played. Well, uh, to, to kick us off, we are going to, well, no, I can't throw it to coach who, uh, coach Debro, who I think is responsible for booking you because she should right about now be downing a can of Vienna sausages. I believe that was the deal that you two struck up. In wait, order is that, wait, is that what's happening already? Is that what's, oh my God, I didn't even make my way down to her window, <laughs> but just to paint a visual picture, her dog, who is wonderful and very polite is just watching her. <laughs> guzzle vienna sausages which is the greatest tribute that i could have ever hoped for to be perfectly honest with you excellent excellent well yeah as soon as a coach is going to message me as soon as she's done uh uh scarfing those things down and then she'll be allowed to speak until then she is not so we are going to throw it out to uh pam at halloween basic on twitter she's got the first question for you go ahead pam hey hey pablo nice to be able to talk to you hello so my question is, oh, and I'm going to tone it down a little bit because I'm actually like at work work. Um, <laughs> you are seemingly in a, an actual office. Uh, this is remarkable. Office. I'm Zooming for work. Um, so my question is, if I did my research correctly, both of your parents are physicians. That's right. That's okay. right. So did you ever consider med school? And if so, what would your specialty have been? I feel like my mom gave you this question. <laughs> well, I am a mom and I work at a med school, so. I mean, there's a real Scooby-Doo villain aspect here where you rip off your head and it's my mom. Uh, so the 
reality of being the son of a urologist and a dermatologist who are immigrants from the Philippines, I was the first one born in America, is that absolutely I considered it. I grew up dressing as a doctor for Halloween. I made a fake hospital badge, much like the one you have, Pam, right on your shirt there. I made a fake one using my dad's template. And I wore scrubs, and it was the cheapest Halloween costume by any measure. Uh, and I showed up in high school planning to go do this, to learn science. And I was fucking terrible. I was, I was not good <laughs> at chemistry, biology. I found it very confusing. But to give a, a sense of the depth of my own delusion and a sense of the immigrant experience, I went to college, and my mom asked me, hey, can you just go to one of the pre-med orientation meetings? And I went. And I looked around the room and I looked down at the flyer they gave me and I was more intimidated than I've ever been in my entire life. And I put the flyer in my dorm room desk drawer and never spoke of it ever again. And so, uh, no, yeah, I have contemplated it. I am totally unqualified and I wound up doing this, talking to you and a person who seems to be on the verge of vomiting, eating yeah. Vienna sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm getting messages in the chat uh, uh what her status is. It's not going so. well for her. So <laughs> I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, up next we've got let's see. We have Leberedit Mark. He's got a uh, uh well, I'll just let him pose his question for you. Go ahead, Mark. Good morning, Pablo. So uh you mentioned you didn't shower yesterday, and we see you on national TV, and that seems to be a rare occurrence, being the shower. Um, you didn't have a toilet seat on your toilet for over a year, I think you said at one point. Uh, six so, months, technically, but yeah. Point taken. That's still terrible. Um, one, are you a secret dirt ball? And if so, what's another dirt ball activity that maybe you have done recently in your adult life that you would like to share with us? Mm, a question planted by my wife. I see that this is just covering all of the bases. <laughs> you said um, it was an intervention when you got on here. It really is trending in that direction. Why aren't you in med school? And why are you so filthy? <laughs> I am not as filthy as the question implies. I am quite clean. But at the same time, like, do I eat most of my meals over the sink? Yeah. <laughs> Did Bomani Jones make fun of me for two years because I drank a mug? out of a mug that, in my defense, only had water in it and may have only washed it a couple of times in those two years because water and water, like, do we really need to introduce anything else if it's just water? Nope. I contend that we don't. Uh, I contend that when I used, uh, like, some combination of hand soap and whatever the other soap was in the bathroom, that that was as good as dish soap. Others in our allegedly clean society have disagreed. Uh, I would not say that these are the marks of a filthy person. These are the marks of an out-of-the-box thinker and that I am merely a revolutionary fighting for an expanded sense of my personal freedom. Beautiful answer. Thank you, Pablo. All right. I, I believe Coach Debro has uh, finished the, the Vienna Sausage Marathon. Coach Debro, go for it. That's the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, <laughs> the texture, I'll start. It's a very, very soft. It's like they left a hot dog in a river for about a year and a half. Then the aftertaste hits, like you think, okay, I'm good. And then you breathe a sigh of relief. And that sigh, I, I don't want to describe. I, I don't want to, I know we have an explicit rating, but I just can't. So anyways, welcome, Pablo. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, this is, this is, um, this is somebody's fetish. I'm not going to say that it's mine specifically, <laughs> but this entire scene is absolutely a fetish on the internet that someone is going to stumble across one day, not because they like Levitard or any of the cast of characters, but because they're Googling woman <laughs> guzzling Vienna sausages. And I, oh, just hope, I just hope that you drank some of the water because the water really is key oh. to the whole thing. You know, when, Kobe, when Kobayashi, the great Kobayashi, does the hot dog eating contest, he has what he calls the Tokyo method. He'll break the hot dog in two, he'll dip the bun in water, and he'll just guzzle that at the same time. And I feel like that's the strategy that the Vienna sausage originated, to be perfectly honest. Oh, God. Um, I would really love to change the subject, if that's okay. 
I mean, the softness, though, like well, that's yeah. really that's part of the appeal to me is that it oh, can be swallowed. You don't need to like chew. It's like people. What is that? What's that thing? Um, like in Silicon Valley, they sell those like ready-made meals uh, yeah, that are yeah. like substitutes for actual like, you know, breakfast and such. Um, this is what that is. It was just ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Your dog, by the way, has never liked you more, I'm guessing, knowing nothing about your relationship. So sweet. I didn't even share with her, which made me sad, but I didn't want to get hung up on. So I, I took He's the bullet. waiting for you to vomit it up, Danielle. Yep. Yeah. She'll, <laughs> she'll be right there for me when that happens. Um, so I, uh, Jesus, I, well, I, I want to change the subject now. Okay. For real. Um, so New York city is somewhere I've never been and may never go to because of just Midwest. I'm from Wisconsin and I just enjoy watching it on TV. Like 30 rack is my favorite show of all time. I've watched it a billion times. Um, Broad City, but then on Girls, I was, it's still with me. There was a scene where they go to a a little shop, restaurant, whatever you want to call it, and all they sell is rice pudding. And I'm like, weird. Like, they just have these weird little niche spots. So can you tell me, like, a favorite spot of yours and a place that you wish there was? And if it's Vienna Sausages, goddammit, I'll hang up. So... I love all the shows you mentioned, even Girls, which I think has been canceled retroactively, possibly. But I guiltily really, really indulged in it for all the reasons that you alluded to. One of which answers your question. I lived on 10th Street in the East Village in Manhattan. And on that block, there were two institutions that I loved. One was the Russian and Turkish baths. I don't know if you guys or if, if in Wisconsin they have like Russian Turkish bathhouses, but it's amazing. It's <laughs> incredibly strange. It is the nightmare, I think, of so many tourists who come to New York, but you get to go downstairs and everyone's walking around in a towel and it's mixed gender and there are these hairy, enormous Russian and or Turkish dudes who are there ready to give you a, uh, I forget the term in their language, but they will take a giant eucalyptus leaf and beat you with it as you are inside a sauna and then pour cold water on you. And it's a remarkably restorative experience that I've partaken in that I highly recommend. Although I will not accept legal liability should anything happen to you while you're at the (laughs) Russian and Turkish baths, specifically between certain hours that are quote unquote, men only hours. (laughs) An institution that I love on 10th street, which speaks to your uh, detail on girls about the rice pudding is that there was a store that I think no longer exists, probably to the testament of New York City. But it was a store that just sold different kinds of water. It was a water store. And I could never tell if it was a scam, if it was an art project, but it seemed to be a genuine competitor to other places that sold drinks. And all they did was sell their own proprietary version of water that they advertised is better than all the other waters. So <laughs> New York City is in fact the, the metropolis that you imagine. That is amazing. And I kind of want to go there. <laughs> That's so cool. All right, I will pass it on. Thank you so much. Thank Have you a- for your sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you, coach. We, we really do appreciate you, when you uh, taking one for the team to get Pablo on with us today. We are going to throw it out to Bruce in sales, a.k.a. Lou Rafter. I uh, believe he's got a, uh, a privacy question. Go ahead, Lou. Hey, man, what's going on? Yo. Yo. All right. Uh, the U.S. Constitution makes no mention of a right to privacy. Should it be amended to affirm such a right? If so, how should we amend, amend it? I mean, that seems like the most pressing existential question of our time. Um, in many ways, honestly, I don't know how you enforce it. I am continually reckoning with this every time I log onto the internet because my solution in, I have two solutions to internet privacy concerns. One is that we should force everybody back on to 56 kbps modems. High speed <laughs> internet was a mistake. As much as I enjoy this entire experience, we've gone way too far and the door has been open and our brains are not able to compute at the speed of category eight ethernet, which is a category of wire that I just found because I had to buy an ethernet cord for the basement I'm currently in. And apparently there are many, many levels beyond our human comprehension. 
Second solution, which speaks more directly to your concern. What if we all had to like use our names online? And so here's the balancing act, right? On the one hand, the internet and Twitter in specific, I guess, was like responsible for in some precincts, responsible for the Arab Spring, where anonymity led to the rising of democracy, the overthrow of authoritarianism in some parts of the Middle East, allegedly. That's amazing. And that's such a victory for the internet. The downside is literally everything else. And so for me, I'm like, eh, maybe we should force people to answer to their own name and likeness. But the counterpoint to that, Lou, is Facebook. Because Facebook, everyone and their grandma is all the way out on that fucking platform and they don't care. So maybe I've overestimated <laughs> shame, which is really yes, the national yes. problem that is not helping us deal with privacy. It's shamelessness, which has taken over our country from the very bottom to the absolute top. And it turns out, Lou, the greatest problem our constitution did not provide for is what happens when you don't fucking care about being shamed. That's the real <laughs> guardrail in our society. If you can't be shamed, it turns out that the Constitution, I'm putting giant air quotes for listeners, the Constitution really is just a guideline. It's not a mandate. Yep. And it's so a suggestion. They're going to force you to enforce it, which, by the way, stay tuned for that in the coming months. Good answer. Right, Good question. Thanks. Good it's question, funny you Lou. say that because about fake news, because Lou's not my real name and Bruce is not my, my real name. Lou is currently just morphing into a Russian bot before my eyes. Yes, he is. His voice (laughs) is roboticizing. He fell down the uh, the dark web in the, the middle of that response. So uh, we're going to keep it moving. We've got uh, Jeff. He's got a tech question. Jeff out in California. Go ahead, Jeff. How's it going, Pablo? Uh, What's up, Jeff? So um, although this is a uh, audio medium, I will say I'm a little bit disappointed that you're not in a tiny tent with foam stacked on top of it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There's a, hold on, that's a ring light. That's oh, a, oh, there it is. Right there. Excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, another important question about your, um, your academic past. TI 83, 84, or 89? Ooh, I had an 86, motherfucker. Uh, I had a TI 86. It was rare. I don't think anyone else had one. I don't know. How I ended up getting it, I think I was like, let me get something better than the 83 or the 83 plus, which I recall as being a thing. Or maybe I just invented that in my memory. No, I think, um, I think it was. It was. I, but I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't have the resources for the 89. And so I could play, um, I want to get the name of this game correct because I played a lot of it and I want to be sensitive to its legacy. Drug Wars? Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah, Drug wars. Yep. 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 Like before back, I mean, this is, this is just a bad Greg Cody impression, but back in my day, you know, you didn't just type five, eight, zero, zero, eight and flip it upside down. You got to play a whole game where you pretended to be a drug dealer yep. in some sort of like Dungeons and Dragons RPG text-based way. So it taught you supply and demand though. It taught you economics, that game. It was formative in my life. So I, I miss those days. Yet another thing that has been totally erased from human civilization, by the way, is the scientific calculator. Truth. True. Unnecessary these days. All right. Well, thank and, you. And uh, I think TI-86 motherfucker might be the nerdiest uh, slash best answer we've gotten to a question yet. That was fantastic, Pablo. Came okay. from a real place. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Came from the heart. All right. Up next, we've got John. I believe he's got a question about the daily. Go ahead, John. Hey, Pablo. Thanks for for sharing time. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, switching from from the uh, the format that you were doing with High Noon and everything, how how is the transition going to the daily? And um, do you have to wait? Is it filmed uh, or is it recorded um, earlier? Or how? I just want to know more about that and. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about it. 
Yeah, thank you for asking. I'd love to talk about ESPN Daily. Subscribe, unsubscribe, then resubscribe, then 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 unsubscribe, then resubscribe, and give us a good rating. I'm sorry, what was that? You're gonna to want to unsubscribe and resubscribe and 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 unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Got it. Oh, oh. So ESPN Daily is ESPN's daily flagship podcast. That's a word that I say now because I saw it in a press release once. It's our flagship podcast. It is a lot of work. Uh, Mina Kimes gave me a ton of work to do, it turns out. Uh, but it's incredibly fulfilling, and I really enjoy it. And I sincerely hope you guys get a chance to listen to it. It's every fucking day. So for me, going from high noon, which was every day, was a totally different experience because it was me and Bomani showing up at a desk and talking to each other for an hour, then 30 minutes. And there's preparation involved, of course, in like premeditated thinking. However, it was largely spontaneous. ESPN Daily is very much a thing we strategize around and plan for because of the medium, because we like to edit, because we like to produce it, because we have a staff of people who are really great at what they do in terms of audio production coming from outside, from NPR, from around the company, from the E60 Features Unit and all that. So we see it as like a daily news magazine, which means that we'll do long form interviews. Today, for instance, we had Jesus and Marijuan. Um, they were hilarious. It's the first, I believe, nice. reference to someone cooking beef stroganoff um, on ESPN. <laughs> you can kind of run that through your own <laughs> urban dictionary translator and understand why exactly that's unfathomable. But that is something that happened today. But we have also had, as you've now heard me say, on a million different platforms, Anthony Fauci. We've had serious stories, real hashtag journalism, all caps. Uh, and we also do the daily news that we think you should know in a given day, but with the magazine sensibilities. So we try to be highbrow, lowbrow. We try to really put a lot of work into it and it's endless. It's every day. And so it's structured like my time between high noon and doing ESPN daily was amazing. I was basically a vagrant who could sort of pop in to various universes. I really enjoyed Dan's obviously being the foremost one. Uh, this is a full-time job, and so I want to make it worth everyone's time, and I think it is something that you guys will enjoy, and I'm proud of it. So thank you for asking about it. Thank you for the answer. Oh, also, we had Stu Gatz yesterday. Uh, you hadn't heard that oh, episode. Okay, Sorry. all that credibility just that. went out the window, Pablo. <laughs> all of that was just ruined with that follow-up. Okay, Talking about no shame. <laughs> all right moving along we've got drake aka cody cavalry i believe he's got a food question for you go ahead drake all right pablo create the best combined fast food meal one drink one entree two sides and one dessert from separate fast food restaurants wait can someone put that in the chat because i need to look at that as i strategize so give it to me again and please someone type that out to transcribe it so we need a drink main entree, an entree. Two sides. And a dessert. Okay. All right. So the entree for me is a no-brainer. It's the Big Mac. I am a Big Mac fetishist. I apologize okay. for nothing. Wrong. Two all beef Drake, patties, on, special man. sauce, and a sesame seed bun. I mean, that's, that is the America that I believe in. That's my entree. The drink... I mean, there are some exotic options out there, I assume. Like someone would say like a shamrock shake. That's too much for me. I keep it simple. I like an orange high C. I like to keep that orange color palette running throughout all of the ingredients of the meal I'm building. Got the orange okay. cheese, the orange high C, some color blocking. The two sides. I mean, does an apple pie qualify as a side for McDonald's? This is going to be perhaps pretty McDonald's heavy. Some are nodding. Some are shaking their heads. Some people are protesting. I can see all of this happening in front of me. I would argue. Okay, wait, you know what? Here we go. Here we go. Apple pie dessert. Thank you, Steve okay. Arduini. Apple pie dessert. Woo! Oh, you Take know what? Fight. No, fuck, fuck the apple pie. I'm sorry. I just remembered. Jollibee is a Filipino fast food restaurant that I love, and they have a mango pie. So... Give me that orange mango pie. Give me the Big Mac. Whoa. High C. And then the two sides. All right, I'm going to go a little unconventional here. For one of the sides, I just want five packets of sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's. I'm going to put that on my Big Mac. <laughs> Again, a little bit of orange. It's going to be incredible. 
Okay. The other side. Oh, man. The other side. I mean, there are some weird sides. I know. I'm very Mickey D's heavy. At this point, I should just go all in and just get, like, sponsored McDonald's content here. Like, as much as I think, and for the record, because I want to be very unbiased here, as much as I love the Big Mac, I do think the Five Guys Burger is way better as a burger concept than even Shake Shack, which I really adore. Five Guys, Shake Shack, but above all of those specifically is the Big Mac. Um, for the side, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, Jags, man, I was about to go there, I was about to go there, I worked in an office in South Street Seaport, and so many of my coworkers just constantly went to Popeye's, because we had a Popeye's right next door, and Popeye's fries, Popeye's fries is my answer. Those seasoned fries slap. They're so good. Thank you, Jags, man, for your wisdoms. Thanks, Pablo. All right. That was, uh, it was yes, it was very Mickey D's heavy, but it, the point of the question was for you to build your all-star meal. So if that's where you want to go, that's perfectly Let acceptable. the haters this come. A, Let the haters come. Zone. I thought this the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich was overrated. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Overrated. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's I, speak, no, I speak truth to power. There's no wrong opinions here, Pablo. There's no we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be Bomani we're not gonna dunk on you uh, for wow. for uh, ha- having a different opinion about something. <laughs> not we to love your face. you here. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say I, uh, the we'll after show will off. be will be uh, yeah intriguing. All right. All right, we're gonna go out to uh, Detroit. Stupak is with us, and he has a basketball question. Go ahead, Stupak. What up, though, Pablo? What's good with you, bro? Thanks for coming on with us. Yo, what is good? You already know. You already know. First off, too, I want to say this. Eating over the sink ain't that bad because I thought about it on this night. I was saucy the other night, and everybody eats chicken wings over the trash can, like at home, at parties, et cetera. And I, thought, I was thinking to myself while I was doing it, like, man, this is really kind of like disgusting and shit. I don't know why people do this, but we do. But anyway, yes. do you think it's time to blow up the process, bro? Look, man, as much as the process – is a thing I want to actually keep going. The process died. The process died the second Sam Hinkie was ousted by the hidden hand of, some may say Adam Silver, some may say a larger conspiracy that goes to the highest levels of basketball government. Who's to say? Actually me, I say, it was that, it was the last thing. It was definitely the last (laughs) thing. so the process died when Sam Hinkie left. Ever since then, Stupak, it's been an inherited organization that has mismanaged all of the doubloons that Sam Hinkie died to assemble. And so Started for me- Started with training up in 2017, too. Yes, yes. I mean, there were so many moves that have been infuriating. I, have, I think I've like literally cursed out Al Horford on multiple podcasts this week. So I won't do that here. But there are so many things about the Sixers that make me sad right now. And if only the process was still going on. And in fact, I, I'm trying to get... Sam Hinkie is, is a guy that um, I'm trying to get on ESPN Daily to discuss these very questions, Stupak. So I don't want to tip my hand too much, but it's dead it's over. We're living in a dystopian aftermath in every way. Yeah, see, I kind of was with the process. I just didn't feel a couple picks. Like, I would have got Porzingis over uh, Okafor just because how the game's matched and he shot threes. Just seeing that from not even really seeing Porzingis play, like a couple moves like that, I feel they would have been a lot better. But thanks for coming on with us, bro. Yeah, man, and I want to give credit to your point, actually, too. Like, one of the things about Sam's process and how he ran the Sixers it was always a fair criticism to wonder how good as how good is he at turning those picks into talent? How good is he at scouting? And I think there is understandably a mixed report card there. The Okafor pick ultimately to your point was bad. Porzingis would have been a way better pick. I completely agree. He whiffed on a couple of big moves. I think the net effect though, is that he was severely underrated and underappreciated 
but I do understand some of the frustrations about people who allege that I am merely a propagandist for the process. I am not. I am merely its prophet. <laughs> Is that no all? Doubt, Is bro. that all? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Uh, gotta love basketball talk uh, about about the process where the the person giving the answer somehow works in the word doubloon. Um, I uh, especially appreciated that, Pablo. Thank you. Want to see a real blaster after dribbling the basketball? Go to shop.lowerafterhours.com. We're gonna go to beep count next. He's got a new baby question. Go ahead, beep count. What's going on, Pablo? This is at Beep Count on Twitter uh, here from Frisco, Texas. How are you? What up, Thanks Beep Count? Us. It's nice to see you. Likewise. Um, so I am a second time new father. Uh, baby Beep number two was born about three weeks ago now. Um, and I know that you are also a new father. So what has been your baby product MVP? Mm, and I'll give you an example. Yeah. So we have... Um, a formula maker called a baby Brezza that's basically like a Keurig for formula. You uh, tap on the amount of ounces and the, the water temperature and three seconds, there's your bottle. What is your baby product MVP? Yeah, no, this is, this is, I mean, anyone who's a parent knows how important this question is. I feel like there is an, once you become a parent or a parent to be, you begin to realize how many conversations that are insanely arcane have been happening around you this whole time that you've just never been attuned to. This is the number one conversation. So what I ended up investing in, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this device, it's very highfalutin, it's a Silicon Valley device, it's very expensive, it's called the Snoo. What the Snoo does is recreate the experience of a womb. It is a white noise machine. It moves the baby back and forth. It simulates what it's like to be in the womb being carried around by the mom. It is very futuristic. I really enjoyed it. I think there should be snooze for adults. Huh. But the issue is that my daughter, Violet, who is between five and six months now, it turned out that she was a light sleeper and the snoo didn't address all of her needs. And you know what did ultimately beep count? What's that? Fucking normal crib. Like <laughs> at the end of it all, I built a crib with my brother off of Amazon. It was not expensive. It was not futuristic. It was not from Silicon Valley. And my daughter immediately loved it. And we left the snoo and just used a normal crib. So if anybody out there in this, Enormous Zoom room needs a snoo. Hit me up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, baby beep number one has been sleeping in her own crib since she was six weeks old. So that's impressive, man. That's yeah. impressive beep count. Also, um, I see in the chat it also noted uh, Boudreaux's butt paste. See, what I speak about being attuned to things, when I was at Moss Miami for Dan's birthday party and Marty Smith was there and he was talking about putting butt paste in his hair. I had no idea what he meant. Now I do know what he meant. <laughs> and it's terrifying. All right. All right. Help us Good. soften up your tail. That's not a bad idea, actually. All right. We're going to go to uh, Steve next. He's got a question about Stugats. Go ahead, Steve. How you doing, Pablo? What up, Steve? So uh, I just want to know any good stories of uh, strolls with Stugats. I mean, every time I hang out with Stugatz, I take a photo of him. And so my photo album of Stugatz in my phone is just a gallery of just incapacitation. He is the best at giving the I have just taken a stroll face that I've ever seen. And I'm pretty high up on that list, to be honest, which is why I don't take a lot of photos of myself under these conditions. But Stugatz is exactly as advertised. He is one of the best people to hang out with until he becomes the worst. I mean, the favorite memory that I have is, I forget why we were doing this, but I was in Miami a couple of years ago and me, Stu and Mike Ryan were hanging out. I think we were watching an event, a sporting event together. Obviously, I forget what sporting event that is, but Mike is like getting ready to go out after we watch this game. And Stu and I are like, absolutely, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. We take a stroll. 
And Stugatz and I remain in the hotel room that Dan uses as a bathroom, which is not in any way a joke. He has his own hotel room at the Clevelander, which I guess he has mentioned before on air, that he uses as a private bathroom. And Stugatz and I just couch locked there for the rest of the night. And Mike Ryan had to go off <laughs> by himself, pathetically, because Stugatz and I had strolled too hard. And that summarizes the Stugatz experience. He will disappoint at least one person in his vicinity. But in retrospect, it's a good story. Thank you. All right. Up next, we're going to go to Ant out in Brooklyn. Uh, I believe he's got a Harvard question. Go ahead, Ant. Hey, Pablo. Thanks for joining us. What up, Ant? So I wanted to see if you uh, saw the story about Yale getting told by the feds that they're, uh, you know, being uh, prejudiced against whites and Asians. And I wondered how you thought about that, how much that made you laugh as a Harvard alum. Yeah, I mean, Yale sucks. That's my takeaway. Fuck Yale. I mean, I didn't read the story. What else happened in it? I don't know. I just saw the headline. I was like, ah, <laughs> in your face. Um, no, I mean, look, there's a 50-part documentary about this, I guess. Like, my main takeaway about all of this, to be serious for a brief second, is merely we need to talk about what college is supposed to be. Like what college is right now is a giant scam that people buy into and people who end up going to college sometimes shouldn't. People who lust after certain schools do so for reasons that are empty. The schools themselves prey off of those instincts. The schools themselves aren't honest about what they are. No one is really honest about why diversity is important because it's wrapped up in all sorts of nuances and complexities having to do with fairness and equality of both opportunity, but also outcome. And by the way, we haven't really reckoned with systemic racism in this, racism in this country. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. And so into this whole landscape parachutes aspiring Asian American academic achievers who are like, yes, we can do some stuff really well. And that is used as a cudgel to beat down other minorities in ways that are frustrating to me because I think there's a real conversation to be had about how Asian Americans are absolutely uh, underestimated and underappreciated in college admissions, but also that there are larger concerns that need to be contextualized to have an honest conversation about who has to sacrifice what in order for this equality of opportunity to be achieved. So that's a giant, big-ass word salad, and I may or may not have offended everybody or no one by being too bland or too specific. That's kind of how this conversation goes. <laughs> to me, until we take a big zoom out on what college is supposed to be and what it should be, like, for me, I think a college should be a place that can craft its own incoming group of students with the interest of maximizing the college experience of all of those students, which means that they should not be beholden strictly to test scores. It means that we need to consider what opportunities each of these students had. And it means that we need to be sort of holistic and very humane in how we evaluate teenagers who have been thrown into a meat processing plant that maybe they really don't actually enjoy all that much. And until we have that honest conversation and also bring down college tuition, I mean, fucking college, what does college cost these days? Anybody here know like kids who go to college? It's like $70,000 someplace. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's insane. Like, and, and so look, I think Peter Thiel is a giant scam artist in many ways to now to totally flamethrow another person who could sue me into oblivion. But like the notion of like, hey, some people don't need college and we need to figure out what does a humane, productive, fulfilling life look for those people if that's the way the scam of college is going to be? Like, that's also a conversation we need to have. But the education system in general is broken. So anyway, we're fucked. <laughs> to, to sum it all up uh, nicely. And I think you had a quick follow-up. I was just going to say, since you talked about Dizzy Zimero, have you made it up to the Bronx to get yourself the chopped cheese? Oh, I mean, I not in the Bronx, but the chopped cheese absolutely is. Like, the bacon... Egg, the bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll in New York, unimpeachable. I've had that for 34 years, and that's why I have high cholesterol. But the chopped cheese is 1B on that. It's 1B. And so when Yankee Stadium reopens, I have a standing, a standing invitation to, yeah, raise my cholesterol levels with Deez Zamero. No question. Yeah. Nice. None nice. of you non-New Yorkers understand the chopped cheese. It's, <laughs> it's an experience in and of itself. But thanks, awesome. Pablo. 
All right. Up next, we are going to go to Mike Ryan fan accounts. Mike Ryan fan account. I believe he's got a basketball question. Go ahead. Hello, Pablo. Hello, Mike Ryan fan account. So if you had to pick a team mascot to take on five velociraptors in a game of NBA regulation basketball, which, which one would you choose? <laughs> I mean, wait, so a team mascot across all sports or a team mascot in the NBA? Across all sports. Yeah, because like in my understanding, the Toronto Raptors Velociraptor is more like a Utah Raptor. So like the bigger Raptor, which means that I can't underestimate it. It needs to be taken on with a creature of comparable size and stature. I took a class called Dinosaurs and Their Relatives in college for my science requirement. Shout out to, again, my disappointed parents who are doctors. And I learned that, yeah, Velociraptors, as you guys all know, I mean, they come up to the knee. That's like a kneecap height creature. So um, if I'm taking down the Toronto Raptors Raptor, yeah, I'm going like, I'm going like New York Jets, <laughs> like bombing them. Uh, if we're going like the knee-high Raptors, then but see, the, the, don't don't forget this mascot. The goal here is not to destroy the Raptors. The goal here is to win a game of basketball. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm still going with the New York Jets. Like, okay. why can't one of my jet pilots eject? <laughs> with a basketball and dunk like the Phoenix Suns gorilla while also okay. shooting an ICBM at a Velociraptor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't do that, Pablo. I have no because idea. he's the Jets. A, that's why. That's a, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. The they're, only yeah. downside is that the Jets <laughs> that, pilot is Mark Jets. Sanchez. Yes. <laughs> All right. Great question. Great answer. Up next, we're going to go to uh, Barrett. I believe he's got a Lebetard Universe question. Go ahead, Barrett. Jags man, excuse me. No, see, that I can't believe that <laughs> happened, but we're not even going to go down that road. It's Barrett it. coming at you from Duval. Pablo, I got to say, Mina always gave us a little bit of love here and there, so I will be a huge Pablo Daily fan the first time I hear a little Jacksonville love. Mm, wow, just straight up political lobbying from Jags, man. I, yeah, I respect so I think that. I'm going to lean into this role. I've done it a couple of times, and I really like the results. So, <laughs> we're all a fan group first of the Levitard show. And when I first got the show, or when I was getting into it, I was a big fan of yours and didn't really understand why people shat on you so much. So can you give us a little peel behind the curtain into how you guys leaned into that role and how you became so incorporated with it. Yeah. 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 I appreciate you seeing the real me Jags, man. I always knew that Jacksonville was known for its empathy. Um, Super progressive. Yeah. 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 Um, what's that a poster of, by the way, behind you top. I've got a couple. Yeah. So, hold on. I just want to see what's going on in Jacksonville before I give you my uh, soul searching explanation for why. People hate me. This is me. one that a chick I used to date made for me. Yeah, are those jellyfish? They are. Are those Rasta jellyfish? They're super trippy with a lot more colors than that. That's uh, honestly like I've seen a lot of things in my day, Jags man. I've never seen a Rastafarian jellyfish. Where, weren't they characters in, on a up shark's in the corner? Tail? What's up? I think there were characters on the movie The Sh- uh, Shark's Tale with Will Smith and Angelina Jolie. I think there was some Rasta jellyfish in that movie. You should check it out. Sneaky good. Okay, sorry. Back to Jags, man. Please call me Barrett. Nope. Jags, man, go with your question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I distracted all of us. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think it's really funny um, to be a, a heightened version of myself. Um, I think that's kind of what television is. I think the only person who's not doing that, honestly, like the two people who aren't doing that, um, to be real, to peel back the curtain. Like Stephen A is absolutely everything that Stephen A is. I worked in an office with him. He is in no way exaggerated. We used to sit, High Noon's staff sat outside the ESPN radio studio in the seaport. And at 1 p.m. Eastern every day, RIP the Stephen A. Smith show, we would just sit in our offices. We would tape at around 2 p.m. We would stop everything that we were doing and just listen to Stephen A. Smith scream through soundproofing. <laughs> in the office it was amazing it, it, so that's all real um all of that is is exactly who he is second person is stugatz stugatz is exactly who he is you guys know this from the show 
But everyone else, I think, has a sense of hope. I mean, well, I shouldn't say everybody because the big distinction, I think, is that being a heightened version of yourself insofar as you are willing and okay to be laughed at, that's what I mean. Like, hey, you're not taking it seriously. Do you have self-awareness enough to laugh at yourself, to understand that it's coming from a place that's ultimately in good humor? Like, that to me is really important. And that's, Jagsman, that happened because Dan Lebetard, uh came into my life. And I realized if this, if this man is this accomplished and this good at what he does, and he lets and invites and demands others to make fun of him in ways that honestly cut a little bit close to the bone sometimes, even for the people who know that this is kind of a winking thing, then who am I to not also be bigger than the petty grievances that I may have? Like, I, I don't mind it, honestly. And maybe that's a symptom of being numb to internet stuff. Like, no one should be okay fundamentally with being insulted. But I understand in a certain context, like, it's fun. I mean, there are worse ways to make a living. 100%. So uh, what were your thoughts when you heard that music the first time, though? Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I also <laughs> didn't realize it was a harpsichord until last week. So that's also me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's, the, the music, I mean, it's, I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Now, are there times where I'm like trying to make a fucking profound point and the music just barges in and Kool-Aid mans my whole deal? <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, I, you know on, the, on the list of like, on the list of harpsichord to hard network out, I'm comfortable occupying that end of the disrespect spectrum. Right on, right on. Well, uh, Pablo, just uh, to admit something real quick, very early on, one of your first appearances, I loved you. Uh, honest to God, I loved you from the beginning, but I, back when they used to use the text machine all the time, I texted in two words, Pablo Bore, and I added a W. That was you? That was me. That was wow. me. And, and Dan brought it up on air, and I felt bad ever since because I genuinely have always loved your appearances. I just thought it was a funny play on words. So I mean... I, I'm if sorry. I, 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 first off, I'm glad we had this moment together. I forgive you. Thank you. Um, also, at least you didn't go with Pablo S. Nore, which was, I think, even more hurtful. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that, that one cuts a little deeper. On that note, I'm going to pull the parachute cord. I'm My daughter is crying. And Izzy Gutierrez is here. And I don't want to make him listen. <laughs> to me gas bag about myself any more than he already does, which is quite often. I just wanted to say really quickly that it used to be a time when people confused us for each other uh, by our voices. <laughs> and now I don't think there's anything, anything that people would confuse me and Pablo for. Pablo, I feel like um, he's the older brother who will write things and I'm just standing in the And so, uh, yeah, I, like, uh, I love watching what Pablo's doing. And, um, him and Mina are like my favorites that I've ever worked with before. I don't think I've ever told him that. I told Mina oh. that. I love, oh, I mean, first off, Izzy. That's sweet. Everything that I have done when I started out of this company, I was looking at Izzy do really well. Sports reporters around the horn, writing for ESPN.com, being on TV, being very comfortable, being telegenic, all that shit. And then he decided to start really working out. And <laughs> I have let my body like just deteriorate to a point where like the idea of being shirtless is an actual sweat-induced nightmare for me. And so when we talk about the differences, and I talk about Izzy being shirtless all the time, it's not because I think it's, like, uh, funny. I actually think it's terrifying because that's the fork in the road in my career when I was like, yeah, I'm just going to totally not give a fuck about my appearance. That's the sliding, the sliding door situation <laughs> where, where the, the, yeah. the paths diverged. Izzy, thanks That's for hopping. Thanks no for problem. hopping on here. Uh, I'm going to throw it to to Lou real quick to to finish up. Uh, but he wants to present you with something. If you have just one second, Pablo. Lou, oh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Hello, it's Lou again. Hello, fake Lou. Hello. Um, so uh, if you saw me, I'm up doing around. We do something really cool in this podcast. Is that while the guest is on, I am making them a custom hat. Izzy, sorry, we, we did this before you were on. But so, if you want to check up a uh, look, we made you. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yo, that's amazing. That's amazing. 
Oh Thank man, you. that 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 made this incredibly strange intervention all <laughs> worth it. I think oh. I'm doing a, I think I'm doing something with Sound Sunday with you guys. So get that get that hat uh, making machine ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, if you want to get with someone and send us your address, or you can just follow at Stugatz Army seven ninety, and you can send me the address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna follow at Stugatz army 790 and send them my credit card information which is exactly what stugat's army 790 <laughs> he's ask. also going to send you a suede jacket yep. <laughs> all right i've well, been scammed so many times before but yes thank you for having me guys i really appreciate it thank you. absolutely thank you, pablo, pablo. Uh, on the count of three uh, let me get a thank you pablo one two three all right, go go tend to your newborn, your relative. Uh, yeah, bro. Uh, Thanks, Pablo. Appreciate it, man. Thank you Thank all. You. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.